yo, yo, bro. oh, shit. I had to turn my AC off. It's getting cold in the house. Reminds me of the Knicks offense. But, um, <laughs> what's up, Jack? Yo, you hit bad early, bro. <laughs> usually I have, like, usually I wait until, like, seven, eight people um, join the spaces. And then, you know, I do what I do. But today, um, I'm actually off work today. Um, I wanted to actually talk about the Knicks real quick before I go and watch my nephew. Um, I actually wanted to talk about what I've been learning while watching the NBA Finals and just learning what do the Knicks need uh, and what do we want. And, you know, the first thing I wanted to, to talk about, shout-outs to Josh Hart. Um, I think Josh Hart is a, a great player. I think he's a wonderful family man who obviously likes breast milk for some fucking odd reason. But uh, Josh Hart has been campaigning for Dante DiVincenzo. And don't get me wrong, like, Dante's a good player, bro. Like he's a good play. He's a good player, good three point shooter. Um, I have no, I have no issues with that, with that pickup. I, I actually like that pickup. It, it, but here's my thing about him, right? And Dante Divincenzo specifically. Um, where would he play? That's my thing about that pickup because we already have Emmanuel quickly. We already have. Um, Quentin Grimes, and Quentin Grimes is a guy who I feel like fills a role that the Knicks have. Um, yes, he could be better at it, but I think Quentin Grimes is a guy that we can build on, and he could build certain things to his game, like putting the ball on the floor, this, that, and third. So, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, damn, I'm probably butchering his name. Uh, he averaged 26 minutes per game, 9.4 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 43% from the field, 39% from three, 81% from charity strike. Um, I got, he played at Villanova. He played with, you know, Villanova guys like Josh Hart and those guys. And shout-outs to um, Dante, man. I like his game. He's cool, but I just don't know where he fits. So then that comes that, – that makes me start thinking, okay – so maybe Josh Hart got word from management and management want to put him on like, yo, maybe we looking at a guy that you used to play with and, 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 and maybe we want to bring this guy along. So if the Knicks is looking at that, I'm trying to put two and two together. I don't want to like speculate and, and try to like make up shit. But if the Knicks is looking at that, maybe they're looking at other deals and possibly one that involves – um, quickly, or one of the other guards where Dante DiVincenzo can actually step in and play a role immediately for the Knicks. Um, we can actually sign him, and he can actually just enter the rotation. But my problem is now you're stuck with a bunch of guards and wings, and you have nobody who's six seven to six nine who can actually guard these other tall wings in the NBA. I personally don't want R.J. Barrett guarding a guy like Brandon Ingram. Um, I. I don't want him guarding those tall wings. Um, I think tall wings is a huge issue for him. Another matchup 
that I hated that that the Knicks had. Well, not the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau used to do is he'll put R.J. Barrett on a guy like Tobias Harris. That's a stupid matchup for him. So when 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 I look at those things and I look at the Knicks perimeter defense, um, I just think we need a taller wing. So Dante DiVincenzo doesn't fit the bill for me personally. Um, good player though, solid size. I just, I just think the Knicks should look look the other way. I think the Knicks should look for tall wings. Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Jaden McDaniels, you know, those type of guys. I'm not going to get on the app and say, hey, should the Knicks sign Jay Crowder? Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Leon Rose been here for three years. He got to give me something better than Jay fucking Crowder, man. And don't get me wrong. We need his, we need his archetype, too. We need some dogs in here. We have no dogs. We have guys who like smiling and being on vacation instead of being in the fucking gym. Shout out to Emmanuel Quickly. Because Quickly, his last post, or the last time I seen Quickly, Quickly was lifting weights. That is something I want to see. I don't want to see NBA players happy. They don't need to be happy. Not under my watch. Not after all the money I lost. Fuck your vacation. Your vacation don't got shit to do with me. You ain't taking me with you on a fucking boat. So why the fuck you smiling after you shot fucking 34% from the field in the playoffs and lost me money? I don't give a damn about your vacation. Get your ass in the gym. Work on your skills. This is why I'm advocating for a certain type of player. I'm advocating for goons. I need tough guys here. I don't need no more light skin. I want to be pretty, smooth, got the nice beard with the nice... Uh, I, I don't need no more of these guys, man. I need battle scars now. I think the people that say the Knicks should build around Jalen Brunson, I think those people do a little crack. Shout out to Maddie. We used, I, I forgot what... Fucking, I, I forgot what Twitter spaces I was on. I was on Charlotte Twitter space yesterday. And this guy said, we need to build around Jalen Brunson. That is one of the most dumbest quotes I ever heard. It's dumb. And he's older than me. And he's not dumb. The quote is dumb. I don't like the quote. Because that means that you're basically implying that Jalen Brunson is prime Isaiah Thomas. And he's not. It's not Isaiah Thomas. It's not Prime Isaiah Thomas. He is not that. Jalen Brunson is a special, special basketball player. But for my team's best player, I'm talking about the, the, the guy. He needs to be a wing, and he needs to be a two-way guy. Neither, it, 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 none of that applies to Jalen Brunson. I'm a build with Brunson, though. I'm a build with him. But him being my point guard, it fucks up a lot of situations on this current roster. We need some tall wings in here. So Dante DiVincenzo is not on my radar. But he seems to be on Josh Hart radar. So that's why I said the little slick shit. Josh Hart, who you kicking out the door? I'm confused. 
Quentin Grimes and Manu quickly? I, I, I mean, we got these kids. Who are you kicking out the door? That's why I don't really like joining in certain conversations with Nick fans. Right? So people will see my icon in the, in the Twitter spaces and start bringing up R.J. Barrett. Right? Like, oh, the Knicks might trade R.J. this, that, and the third. And I always ask the same question. Always. It's always the same question. Who are you trading R.J. Barrett for? And how does that trade make the Knicks better? See where I fucked their heads up at? Because R.J. wouldn't be the only person going in that trade. You don't trade R.J. in three. How, what team will want R.J. in three first-round picks? Let's talk ball. So you're going to give up R.J. quickly. You might give up Mitch. Obi, that's four kids. Okay, let's say we give all of that up. Let's say we give all of that up for Zach Levine, right? The people everybody clamoring for. A clutch agency client, by the way. So when people talk about Zach Levine, like, like, like the coincidence, and he's my guy. Jeremy Cohen is a smart guy. That's my guy. But when he talks Zach Levine and he don't mention clutch agency, I got to disregard his take. I don't need a hundred slides of math to know that no clutch client will be coming to the Knicks. So why keep mocking Zach Levine to the Knicks in order to just make yourself feel better? Knicks fans are the kings and queens of lying to themselves. I don't view my real life that way. So why would I lie to Nick fans and say we could go get Zach Levine? He's a fucking clutch client. Yo, State. Yes. Can you, yo, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's one thing I, I, I want to say, right, before I head out and um, get back to work. I, I'm, I'm telling you now, if we get Zach Levine on this team, it doesn't make us better. People don't understand it. People just look at numbers and just think that it just instantly makes us better. I mean, you still got random on this damn team. I'm going to just let y'all know, man. When we start trading these kids away, they better be ass, yo. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, I got a long list of people that I'm going to flame up once these kids produce in other areas. And it's just going to prove my theory that this coach don't know what he's doing. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you now, bro, if um, – I'm telling you now, if if I if Obi does not get traded, you know this offseason coming up right here, I don't want to hear his name being mentioned in trade rumors anymore. Because you got Deej, who I love Deej, but damn brother, every trade scenario you have had has Obi in a trade scenario. So he bet this kid better get traded, bro. Because I'm telling you, like if he does not get traded, clearly they value him. Clearly, he's going to have a bigger role, and clearly they don't want to give up on him. But if they do, which I suspect that they will, realistically, y'all better hope he's ass, man, because I'm telling y'all. Yeah, y'all are going to be happy now because we went in 47-48 games, being the new Philadelphia 76ers and making the first and second round with this damn coach. But then you're going to start seeing in the, in, in the two, three, four years, how good this kid is. And you know what I'm going to say to y'all? If y'all wanted 25, 24, and 10, right? Isn't that what y'all wanted? 
Y'all wanted the ISO basketball. Y'all wanted this team. And now look at y'all. Y'all all crying because we gave up on that talent. So y'all, y'all better – y'all talk about us be grateful because Randall and, 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 and Tibbs is, is on this team. Y'all better be fucking grateful if RJ's – yo, if RJ gets traded or these kids get traded, let's see how grateful y'all going to be because – Y- y'all just automatically think just because numbers, we're going to be better if we trade these young dudes. Like, I, y'all going to find out the hard way. It's not going to be the way you want it to be. And people like me, State, some of the people on this app that support, you know, giving the kids a bigger role instead of building around Randall and Tibbs. And State, I actually agree with you. I think it's fucking astronaut that you're going to build around a six-foot point guard. And this is not saying that you know, he's a bad player or anything like that. But how many teams realistically build around a point guard, right? Like, you had the Pelicans, right? the Hornets, right, when he had Chris Paul when he drafted. They built around him, and where did that take them, right? Then he got traded to the Clippers. They started building around him, and where did that take them, right? Um, James Harden, when he got traded from, you know, OKC to uh, Houston, right? Look at how they built Ryan. They got close, but they didn't win anything, right? Even like even even Kyrie Irving, right? When he got drafted, they started building around him because LeBron left. They couldn't even make the fucking playoffs until LeBron came back. And then what happened? He went to Boston because he got traded, right? And then low key, you know, Boston was really trying to build around Kyrie. In the beginning, because remember, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they weren't at that. They weren't at that point yet. They were. They were trying to sneak a championship, and then look at what happened. He kept getting hurt. They couldn't get out the second round, and then they. And then. And then when he got hurt, and they made the conference finals without Kyrie, then he realized, like, damn, like, why are we trying to have him on this team? We can just build around these two. So I agree. You need a top ten player to build around. We don't have that yet. You might have the best point guard in the East, but you don't build around him. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have a generational talent or a top ten player in the NBA. We don't have that, yo. Like, and this is not saying he's a bad player or he can't get better or anything like that. So I'm not gonna sit here and just, you know, say like, oh, he's not that good. Like, no, like, like he's a fantastic player. But when you build around someone, you build around someone that's generational. You build someone that's guaranteed to bring you a championship. You build someone that plays both sides of the ball. Brunson does not do that. So it's just he's just um, too small for me. Right, that, that, uh, he right. is he, too he, small. When I, he might take a air, but he don't really play defense like that. Like. You literally have a team that is playing three on five when they have to play defense because him and Randall don't play defense. That's a fact, bro. Like, they don't play no defense. I don't want to hear about numbers. They don't play defense at all, right? And then it didn't help that RJ had a bad year defensively, but can can we really say it's all his fault, though? I mean, seriously, like, can we really say it's all his fault? Can't we blame that some of that? on a coach who don't put his players in the best position. Same thing with Grimes. Like, you got Grimes sticking all the players on, on the opposing team that's the best scorer. It's like, yo, like, to Eric Spolster's point, if your player 
your best players don't play both sides of the ball, you're not going to win shit, bro. So I take shit like that to the heart because uh, you got to play both sides of the ball, man. Like, seriously. But to your uh, question at the top, one of the biggest things that the Knicks are missing, right, is high basketball IQ players, yo. That's, to me, that's one of the biggest things we're missing is people with a high basketball IQ that don't have that selfish attitude that they got to have the ball in their hands all the time, that just know how to make the correct pass to get their teammates involved. That's one of the biggest things. And do I need to mention the coaching? The, the coaching in this series on both sides is phenomenal. Like, they're like, we're, Tibbs is so far from those two head coaches, it's not even funny. And because we went 46 games, y'all are cool with that. Y'all are cool with that, though. Man, look, we could win 40. Listen, if we traded Randall and got rid of Tibbs, we could win 40, 42 games or, or, or 38 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you'll still have a better product in the future going forward. And I personally think we would still make the playoffs. It's just my opinion, but I think Jalen Brunson is so great. I think it elevates RJ and wh- whoever's that wing player that you add to that team, right? Mm-hmm. If you, if, even if you kept Mitch and you slotted Obi at the at the four, y'all acting like Obi's a fucking bum. Y'all acting like he can't give y'all anything between ten to twenty points per game, and we've seen him do it in the playoffs when he I think, started. I think the biggest issue with when it comes to Obi Toppin, I like Obi Toppin is not a whack player. Um, Obi Toppin, I think, can bring great things to a team. Uh, I think Obi Toppin, once he gets his three point shot down packed, I think he'll be a, a, a great investment. The issue with Obi Toppin, it stems from three years ago. When you win 21 games, Right, and I had, and I was one of those fans who watched every single game from that season. I had yeah. to watch Mohawk listen play after the All Star <laughs> break. I'm no on Nick fans. <laughs> Look, listen, these these wins we're getting, they're meaningless to me because Mohawkless was ass. Yeah, because yeah, I want the highest possible uh, uh, chance to get a potential player who could actually play good ball with RJ and Randall. That's what I was thinking about. That was my mindset. So when we drafted Obi, I said, oh, okay, trade Randall. They both play the same position. Uh, and if you don't want to trade Randall, then try Obi at small forward. Try him at some small ball center. You know, try him different places. But we have no evidence of that. So when the Knicks fans say, oh, Obi don't really play defense. Oh, Obi don't really do this. It's like, what do you want me to say? And he only plays 10 to 14 minutes per game. I don't have a big enough sample size. The sample size I have is when Randall's not there and Obi in his eight starts, averaging 20 and seven, shooting above 45% from the field. He's very efficient. And I've seen Obi Toppin um, block some shots. I've seen him affect some passing lanes. I just think Obi Toppin was just drafted into the wrong situation. And that's why a lot of talk stem um, comes with the Indiana Pacers because the Indiana Pacers has been aggressively looking for a starting four. Um, they are not trading Miles Turner. So I don't know why random Abbeys go under certain tweets and say, hey, maybe we should trade Mitch and Obi for Miles Turner. No. Listen, Steve. Would you trade Mitchell Robinson and Obi for Miles Turner if you're an Indiana fan? No, I'm not doing that. My Steve. point guard. 
face. Yes, Jack. Yeah, the funny thing is, if Miles Turner wasn't traded already, if he was going to be traded, he would have been traded like in 2018, 2019, but when Old Depot got there. Yeah. That's when he would have been traded. And I was going to say this, is I'm still wondering, in my opinion, I actually think the Pacers called for Randall. What team at this deadline called for Randall and the Knicks said we are not trading Randall? I want I still want to know that. I, I, I don't know. Um, I didn't get no DMs about it, but I think that, uh, where I'm at with it right now, I think that's a mute point. Uh, the reason why I think that's a mute point is because the Knicks management, once they put out that photo op of Randall in a the cast, they wanted people to feel bad for him because obviously they're bringing him back next season. That was a great PR stunt for the casual Knicks fan. Uh, for a fan like me, I don't need to see pictures of Randall in a cast. I want to see him in a gym shooting a basketball. The man gave me civil rights stats. His stats matched a white man who hasn't played in the NBA for 70 years. I don't want to see him in the Cavs. I don't want to see Nick players on vacation. I don't want to see Nick players with women. I want to see Nick players in a basketball court only. See, see the funny thing is, is people talk about Randall. Carmelo Anthony played with a torn labrum and knee soreness. I don't, I don't even... In averaging 30-plus a game in the playoffs that I, year, yeah, 2013. It, it, it's come to the point where I don't even like mentioning Carmelo Anthony no more when it comes to telling Randall stands how this shit go. I feel like it's disrespectful when Carmelo Anthony went to war with Jared Jeffries and went to war with a 38-year-old uh, Jason Kidd. I think it's disrespectful. Randall is on the most talented Nick roster we've had in 20 years. And he still couldn't bust Kevin Love ass when I needed him to do so for my fucking FanDuel money. Fuck Randall. Fuck people that defend that stupid shit while Nick players is on vacation. Fuck them too. Because we should be talking about the Knicks in the NBA Finals right now. That's what we should be doing. The funny thing is what, Randall? The funny thing is... With yes. Randall is fucking okay. You can put up all those stats in the regular season. Oh my god. Okay, my friends might treat him like a god, but I don't care. I still want him out of here, bro. I see it in the playoffs. He's getting burnt by Kevin Love. I don't care how bad your ankle hurts, bro. How can you get burnt by Kevin Love? At least show effort to even like try to like. Even if you do get blown by by Kevin Love, at least show effort like you're trying. Like bro's just getting blown by and just standing there, and, and especially after all of his turnovers, he's just fucking standing there. It just gets me pissed. Like, and, bro, do something. And and what's crazy is, you know, people try to bring up the Denver Nuggets rebuild, right? I think this is an actually well-thought-out tweet by the Insufferable. Shout-out shout to the Insufferable. Um, Denver hired Mike Malone eight years ago. Mike Malone was not at Tibbs' age when he was hired. Mike Malone also has a fun offense. Denver also had the luxury of drafting players and allowing those players to grow into certain roles where they didn't have to stress those players to do things that, that, that they're not good at. For example, on what planet I want R.J. Barrett spot up shooting? That's stupid. It's very stupid. Very, 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 very fucking stupid. What plan I want RJ and ISO? 
The fans that shit on RJ and shit on his handle, I'm standing right with y'all because I damn sure don't like him doing that. But I think, I think the thing about this tweet that I love the most is IQ plus talent plus effort. Those are the things that get you far in the playoff series and that get you far in the playoffs and that wins you championships. I also think that when your best player is a guy who is a pass-first guy, that makes everybody else better. And what's really crazy about the whole Denver dynamic is Jokic is not even the number one option in the playoffs. Jamal Murray is. So that tells me you need an elite guy on ball who's not a big in order to get further in the playoffs. So when I'm watching Denver and I look at the Knicks, it makes me think the Knicks is four years away. We are four years away. It it makes me sad about the Knicks. The Knicks want to build around a bunch of six, five guys. When you sign Jalen Brunson to that hundred million, you automatically should have known. I need to change this roster up. I need to bring in a center who can protect the rim and shoot threes. So the paint won't be clogged for Randall and RJ. I need a bigger wing next to RJ and Brunson so Brunson can be protected at all times. That's what I need. But Tom Thibodeau gave us Quentin Nilekina. And shout-outs to Quentin Nilekina. I I fucks with Quentin Nilekina. That's my guy. He averaged 11 points this year, right? Shooting 39% from three. But if Jalen Brunson's your franchise point guard, Quentin Nilekina cannot be your starting two guard. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That is not how basketball works. He is undersized. You need a guy at least six foot seven, six foot eight, long wingspan, who could play make a little bit, but definitely can hit the three point shot, and who is definitely a stout defender. Like Josh Hart. I'm, I'm making a joke. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. You just blew my... Sorry. And you just blew... You just made me think about Jalen Brunson not passing Josh Hart the ball on the last play of the game. You just made me more wide open? A woman who gives birth to two twins? Or Josh Hart in game six? Who's more wide open? Might be Josh Hart, bro. Um, It's kind of like... It's kind of like disgusting to me personally, um, seeing Josh Hart, you know, campaign for his man, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, and I'm a toxic fan and I'm one of the toxic Nick's Nick Twitter leaders. And I always look at the negative angle when Nick players do certain things. Why is he campaigning for a guy who plays Quentin Grimes role? I'm confused. I'm very confused. You don't give a fuck. By the way, you don't give a fuck about RJ either. I know this man. This man. This man. You know, at least Alec Burks shut up and dribbled. Josh Hart. He's he's all. By the way, anybody who says that Knicks fans don't know we exist is just like you've been shit on your whole life to the point where you believe what people say about you. I don't know what to tell you, but. Josh Hart is all over Nick's Twitter co-opting preseason Nick's takes. 
like they said the Knicks weren't going to make the playoffs. First of all, it's a 66% success rate to make the playoffs. 10 out of 20, 20 out of 30 teams make it. No one here with Jalen Brunson said the team was not going to make the playoffs. He said, you're going all in. It looks like a playing team. They look mid. That was the accusation. No one was on here saying that this team was a was a below like eleventh seed. I, I would I would love it back in the day. I, I was proven wrong, and there's things about the playoff run that were in, invaluable that I would obviously sign up for, like RJ's moments. But honestly, state, you know what? You really can't sit here and convince me that if we would have just let the ship rock the way it is and actually invest in those younger guys. You can't tell me that I wasn't going to get that anyways. I don't, I don't, it's like trying to prove God exists or prove it doesn't exist. I don't know. I don't know if it could happen or not. All I know is what happened and what happened was Josh Hart came here. Guys like NYK mentality got a boner and they, they rode their erection into the second round and then they, they dipped out of town and they're they're leaving and they're leaving us to clean up the mess. That's crazy. I don't even see them on the yeah. Because <laughs> they're not interested in, in, in the actual, you know, what actually matters. The off-seasons are what actually matters. Yes. Like, team building is what actually matters. Leon Rose's job is way more pivotal than Tom Thibodeau's job. It is. Um, I th- I, and, and Leon Rose's job just got a whole lot harder, uh, in my opinion, because of Jalen Brunson. And I don't mean that I in think, a negative I way. Think job, I think his job. I think his job got harder because he went into last off season with hypothetical value, and I'm talking about Grimes, like he was like the centerpiece of a deal. <laughs> talking about Obi, off of 42 point performances. Emmanuel quickly off of triple doubles. You got a shit ton of draft picks. He was supposed to have two draft picks at his disposal this year, his own and the yeah. Dallas one. He has neither. Yeah. And now he has to press a button to kind of move the team forward. And, and, and it's my belief that the only correct way of doing it is to fold on the kids. Uh, the question is, who does he fold on? I mean, I, I would hope it's – to me, I, I think you look at the guys that – and I'm, I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't do this, but – I think you look at the guys that are good that probably deserve a better opportunity. Like, quickly, Grimes and Obi. I wouldn't touch RJ at this point. But if the fact that I'm not touching RJ but not touching Randall bothers the shit out of me as well. We have to separate yeah. RJ. There's so many normal... Like, that's why, that's, why I didn't like, that's why I texted you yesterday. I was like, yo, this take is ass. Because I was like... It's good play. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like no, like pe- people read. I don't know. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. It's like Knicks fans. Like I wish I could be in their brain to like Bro, understand the- how offended they get when we say fire tips. Mm-hmm. Like, like motherfucker. Yo, Papa, Papa Let me like, let me ask you. Be like I said. Like lock them in cages. Throw away the key. Like I just said, fire a sixty-six-year-old coach who's like notoriously gonna get out schemed like what what did i say that was so mean 
Yo, Pablo, I got a question for you, bro. Because I know you're a big, you know, ground supporter. How would you feel if they traded Browns and he become a really good basketball player? You know how bad it would make us look? I don't care. I would text Perk Performance. And I would text Matt. And I would say, good luck on your journey. I'll continue to follow Quentin Grimes. And I'll support him. Hopefully he gets more of an opportunity at his next stop. He's not getting it here. You don't get an – by the way, you don't get an – I don't get to teach a third grade if it, the second – my third grade class goes uh, off off, uh, off track. My supervisor walks in the room and says, all right, step back, left quits. All right, everybody, one, two, three, all eyes on me. Like, <laughs> that, that's not development. I would be a shitty teacher if that's how anybody would be a shitty uh, employee if their supervisor was stealing their sales every two seconds or – up, you know, taking over their job. Like, this isn't right. like the the days of like, hey, you learn by watching. You know, like these guys are losing development to other guys who are developing. And guess who's developing the most? The youngest player in our prime on our team, Julius Randle. So, look, <laughs> I would trade Obi quickly and Grimes. I know some people, if you trade Randall, you fire Tibbs at. They might go with him. They might go with him from Nick's Twitter. But there's no I, – I like uh, Quentin Grimes. He, State, I'm in front of my apartment. They're trying to fuck me over this, today. Quentin Grimes is not paying my rent. So I, I love <laughs> Quentin Grimes, and I mean this with New York love. He can go fuck himself. I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like, I want the team to be good. And I honestly think he's he's one of the more valuable assets they have. All their draft picks, I don't want to say they suck, but, like, the way y'all talk about them on Nick's Twitter, draft picks, if they're not like Scoot Henderson, are irrelevant. But lo and behold, we want to sign the 27th pick in the 2016 draft to four years, $80 million. So I, I don't know. Which one is it? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. By the way, I'm referencing – Josh Hart being like the 30th pick in, in the 2016 draft. So on one hand, like these draft picks are low end draft picks. They're all conditional picks We're our own pick is not going to get like anywhere between in the lottery because Josh Hart just said it. He said it on the interview. Six teams off the bat are tanking. We have Jalen Brunson. So that means we're going to get, 15 wins just by shitting. We're going to shit out 15 wins automatically against the six teams that are tanking. Okay. And then, like, you got the Tibbs regular season hustle. It's going to get you a net of, like, five to ten wins. It's going to get you a massive win streak. And then you're going to get in the playoffs. And then Eric Spolster is going to watch your, your lineup be the same lineup or whoever is the coach going to watch you play the same lineup because you're afraid to bench guys and you're going to watch Josh Hart's deficiencies for 46 minutes at a clip and you're going to design coverage to play off of him find his weakness and you're going to lose and then we're going to go on Twitter and someone's going to say we got you know we, we, you know someone was hurt someone was injured yeah <laughs> All right, y'all heard that. All right, All right. y'all enjoy your space, man. I gotta, I gotta go chill with the lesbians <laughs> out here. Peace.
I peace. Oh God. Oh God. That was RJ and Randall in the background fighting for the ball, by the way. You know. Another ISO. Look at Randall, another ISO. Hey, another ISO. Let me tell you, Nick fans, something. Right? And I'm gonna make this clear. I'm never going to put on my company man suit ever, ever, ever again. So you blame Legion of Knicks. You blame Sim. You better blame all the motherfuckers that shared that video. Or when I was drunk and saw Legends with my company man suit on. All I wanted to do was fan the way fans wanted me to fan. They wanted me to fan like them. They wanted me to kiss the Knicks ass. They wanted me to say, say positive things about the team. So that's what I did. That's what I did during the playoffs. That will never happen again. Because now people like to reshare my shit a month or two later and say, look, State is a flip-flopper. How the fuck I'm a flip-flopper when I told y'all I'm putting on my company man suit for the playoffs? So from now on, don't ask me to be positive about the Knicks. I'm going to stick to status quo. Because Twitter, y'all don't make it fun. Y'all don't make it fun to talk basketball with a lot of y'all anymore. Because y'all don't talk basketball with the basketball intellect that I need from you for me to learn something from you. Every day I get on this app, I need to learn something from somebody. I have learned nothing besides Nick fans and this Nick fan base. A lot of y'all do drugs. Coke. Brunson, we should build around Brunson. That's dumb and stupid. That's why I called Maddie yesterday. I called him a drug user. You're a drug abuser. No way you want to build around a six foot one guard. But you know what though? People say that because they really. Person. No, it's it, it, yeah, that's the correct quote. But I think people say that because they want to build with Randall secretly. They want to keep Randall, and I respect it. You want to keep your 25, 11, and 4. Randall reminds me of the side uh, of the side girl who she'll come through on a regular, but when you most need her for that for that $30 one day, you lost your debit card, you trying to go get a haircut, she ain't gonna come through that day. She'll come through on the day you got paid. Mind you, you just got paid. Now if she want to bring you lunch the same day you got paid. That's Julius Randle. You give me what I need when I don't need it. I lie regular season. You need the regular season. You and Tibbs need that for your personal accolades. I don't give a fuck about your regular season. You think I give a damn about RJ's regular season last season? You think I care about Quickly's regular season last season? Dancing in the TD Garden? After losing to Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, all basketball logic went out the window. If Tibbs and Leon don't give a fuck about me and the way I feel, I damn sure don't give a fuck about them. 
That's why I post the things I do every day. Grimes want to take a, a, a vacation photo? Okay, I'm going to share the shit and say what I wanted to say about it. Because I can't go to work and not give no effort like Julius Randle. My mother didn't raise me like that. That's why I get bad at these conversations. I'm learning so much from these NBA finals. And I think the biggest thing of all is the Tibbs got to go. Tibbs got to go. I, it's a guy on Denver. White boy. Number zero. Chris Bruan. Christian Braun. Christian Braun. I love that kid. I love his game. He does everything you need for a bench wing, a 23-year-old wing coming off the bench See. who is 6'9". See, he's, yeah, he's around 6'8". He can shoot the three really well. He hustles. He plays really good defense. He also won a national title in Kansas. And if he wins the NBA title, he's about to win both. Mm. I like his game. He He's a guy who, like, Knicks need more of those kind of guys. Dirty work guys. We got one in Josh Hart. We got one in Josh Hart. But if Josh Hart wants $18 million per season, he can fucking walk. He can walk for all I care. Because if Quinn Nilakina was filling his role successfully, we wouldn't need Josh Hart. If you really want to talk. Is smooth speaking state? Is who speaking? Smooth. No, smooth is not speaking, young blood. Oh, because my this case my shit was lagging. But um, <clears throat> Tom Thibodeau. I'm just hoping that this coach. I'm at the point now. I'm just hoping Thibodeau don't get Randall or Jalen Brunson hurt by having them get an ACL tear. I'm just sitting by like an owl waiting for the mouse to run by so I can swoop down and take it. AKA meaning, I'm just waiting for Tibbs to be fired. Because once he's fired, I think the team can reach that next level. I think we are capped. Our ceiling is capped with him at coach. I also think our ceiling is capped with rent. This is a this is a question I really I gotta ask. It just hit my mind, and I I actually Jack, you can answer. Smooth, you can answer. We know Randall was hurt during the playoffs. We all know this, and we are a lot of us. I didn't want Randall to play. I told Stan that multiple spaces. I told Charlotte that multiple spaces. I do not want Randall to come back so Nick fans can give Randall the injury excuse. That is something I repeated on multiple pods. Before the playoffs started. And long and behold, Nick fans trying to give him the injury excuse. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate to my points, my point about Randall. Well, not even devil's advocate. Let me just add on another narrative to that. Let's say Randall was really hurt that bad. And he was more hurt than Brunson. Brunson on one leg scored 30 points, three straight games. I will never talk bad about Brunson. Let's say Randall really was hurt. Why would Tibbs play him 37 minutes per in the Miami series? For what? So I have a I have a question for that though. Do you think it's because 
they know that Obi is is really talented, and you would start hearing a lot of people in Nick's not necessarily Nick Twitter, but in general, you would start hearing a lot of chatter about, yo, why, you know, why 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 keep Brandon when you got this? Look at how good he's playing, and the crazy thing about it is that he still played well in his role, playing fourteen fifteen minutes. Like, I, like, sir, like to your point though, right? If if he was like, and I'm not saying he wasn't hurt, but if he's that hurt, right? Why, why the fuck are you still playing him all those minutes when you know he can't give you? And I, and listen, I don't give a shit if he was healthy or not. He's still not gonna give you 24 or 10. We saw what he does when he is healthy. But if you know he is that hurt, why are you playing him so many minutes anyway? It, like I could understand maybe if nobody else is playing well, but you actually had people playing well. So hey, what's hey, the this, excuse? Is my biggest, this is my biggest fear, right? Let's say Randall was hurt. The human aspect of it. Okay, cool, no problem. You was you was hurt. You still tried to go out there and battle. All right, that's cool. Here's where I look at Tibbs with the side eye, and I call Tibbs a fuck boy, and the reason why I want him fired. Randall is not going to resume basketball activities until probably sometime in September. What if Randall comes back and he's never the same basketball player again? I want to know which ankle did he hurt the ankle on the leg on the broken leg that he broke his first year in the NBA. I need to know these things because what if he comes back and he's not the same player? Then what? Then Nick fans going to say, "Oh, you know, uh, uh, uh." He wanted to play. He wanted to do that stand the third. So well, why is y'all not protecting that man from people like me to shit on him all day for his stats to match Joe Falk? So I'm looking at Tibbs with the side eye because you probably overplayed him. Now he's hurt. He's compromised. And now next season, he might have a, he might have a down year. I would not be surprised if Randall came out next season and he came out slow. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if Randall do not touch 20 and 10 next season. I will not be surprised at all. I don't know, bro. He plays so many minutes, it's kind of hard not to get 20 and 10. How are you not going to – brother, his ankle was so compromised that he needed surgery. He's turning 29. He is not – Wolverine, bro. <laughs> he, he he does not have a healing factor. He is not sell from Dragon Ball Z where you get Kamehameha wave in your face point blank range and you can just regenerate within 30 seconds. He is not that. He is human, just like me and you. I hustle more than fucking Julius Randle often on the court. That's a tips problem. And I know we shit on Randall a lot. And and Randall effort, that's on him. But that's a Tibbs problem. That's why I think the coach Yo. is one. He is the biggest issue. Out of all the underlying issues, yes, the Jalen Brunson, when you sign Jalen Brunson, you got to understand he's a six-foot-one guard. You need big wings around him. Yes, Mitchell Robinson does not space the floor. He packs the paint a lot. Yes, all of these things. It can be true. But the one main issue that I learned from the playoffs is the coach has to go. The coach got to go. He got to go. And shout-outs to Philadelphia. Philadelphia fired Doc Rivers one year too late. 
even though they got Nick Nurse, but Nick Nurse is another guy who runs a lot of ISO. Nick Nurse is a tactician, though. That's the clear difference between Nick Nurse and Doc Rivers. Nick Nurse will switch it up. Doc Rivers is going to go out there with the same game plan. I was, uh, and Ari, before you go, I was watching Kenyon Martin on a random podcast. I forgot who pod it was, but Kenyon Martin was talking about George Carl. And he was talking about how um, George Carl in 2006 was starting some guy um, ahead of Kenyon Martin after Kenyon Martin got hurt. And George Carl lost the series basically because of non-coaching adjustments. I'm hoping our Nick players understand that, you know, you got to, you got to question the coach. Sometimes you have to, uh, this whole shut up dictatorship that Tibbs run. It's not fun for me. Uh, and going into next season, I'm not going to have a lot of energy for the Knicks. Like how I used to, I can't fan for the Knicks the way I used to. I used to before last season, Every offseason before before this offseason was intriguing because we had some type of cap space and we had first-round picks. This offseason, we have no first-round picks and we have no cap space. So, obviously, somebody has to be sacrificed. Somebody. Because you need another rookie-scale deal. You need another young player on a rookie-scale deal. Um, you're going to have to pay Quentin Nilakina next summer in 2024. You got fans talking about give Josh Hart a four-year deal. Tom Thibodeau ain't going to be here for the next four years. That's another underlining factor why I'm, I refuse to give Josh Hart 70-plus minutes. That is fucking stupid, man. That is, oh, my goodness. I hope the Knicks do not give him that fucking contract. Other, other teams is going to be like, yeah. They fucked up again. They're going to be laughing at us. Detroit is on their way, fellas. Indiana, they on their way. I also read another tweet. Um, Last thing, and Ari, you could go my fault, man. I'm ball hogging. I, I feel like Julius Randle right now. I hate this shit, bro. I said the last tweet I seen was a tweet about the NBA possibly expanding, adding Vegas and Seattle. And two Western Conference teams that it might be New Orleans and Memphis might be coming over to it the It won't East. be New Orleans. It will be either Memphis or Minnesota because Minnesota is close to, like, Chicago and Milwaukee, and they're near yeah. really no one. So that's a team I could see. So you're bringing two more young, talented teams over to the Eastern Conference. The East is going to get a lot tougher soon, a lot tougher. And I feel like we are still behind the eight ball. Any team that wants to market Randall as their one and market Brunson as their one AB, you're far behind the eight ball. I love Brunson. Brunson should be no team's number one option if you have championship aspirations. That's just me personally. So, you know, I, that's what I learned from the playoffs so far from watching the NBA Finals. And um, Ari, what's up, bro? Harry, where the fuck you at? Uh, Smoking? Uh, the fuck? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you, bro. What's up? No, nothing. Uh, I have a little bit of a like, five-minute break in between work. Um, I, I, I just jumped on, dude. I, I don't know. 
What's going on? I just want to know you're talking about Randall injury. Oh, my God, dude. It, dude, people think that just because you get surgery, it's like, you must be in really, like, really, really bad ankle. That's not the case at all. At all. That's not the case. All right, dude, my dad has needed surgery for fucking 10 years, and he's, and he's been able to live his life. I have a torn rotator cuff as we speak. I still fucking play basketball, okay? This is, you, know, you know what's funny? It's, you can tell who's played basketball and who hasn't played basketball by the way they, their takes are. Like, it's just ridiculous to me. Like, you can tell who, like, anyone who's played basketball that watched Randall in the playoffs could see that he wasn't that compromised. You can just see the way he was moving, just running up and down the court. You know, his efforts sucked, but you can say he, he wasn't limping. He wasn't acting gingerly. None of that stuff, right? He wasn't deferring. Anyone who's been injured in playing basketball, and I've played basketball throughout my entire life. I played AAU ball. I played high school ball. I played CYO ball. That's why I played against Danny Green. I've played through ankle injuries in my life before, all right? Anyone who's truly fucking injured does not try to go one-on-one on their players, especially in important games, because you know you're compromised. The dude was going one-on-one the entire fucking time, Okay. Now, this is not to say that he was 100%. Of course he wasn't 100%. He needs arthroscopic surgery, right? Arthroscopic surgery is not a tendon repair. It's not fucking uh, reconstructive surgery. It's basically just to clean shit up a little bit, right? Tons of players get arthroscopic surgery after the, the playoffs and after the season, right? Like, you can just tell who knows basketball and who doesn't just by the way they, they analyze the game. If he was really hurt, then why is he going one-on-one? Why is he not passing the ball? Why is he playing so many minutes? Because he wasn't that hurt. Okay? It's very simple, dude. Very simple, all right? So, I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at how stupid people are. Oh, you needed surgery. You must have, like, dude, Phil Rivers played a fucking playoff game with a torn ACL. Clay Thompson, That's a fact. I remember, I remember Clay Thompson, after he got injured in the, in the, in the, in the playoffs, I think it might have been the finals, running up and down the fucking tunnel with a torn fucking ACL, okay? Trying to go back in the game. They wouldn't let him, obviously. But that, those are serious, serious injuries, bro. Anyone who's played basketball knows what a fucking sprained ankle's like. And listen, if you have the best surgeons in the world, it could be a lingering issue if he doesn't get it fixed, right? That's probably why he got it fixed. Because he doesn't want it to be a lingering issue. But it wasn't a major surgery. It wasn't anything crazy like that, dude. Right? The guy was not 100%. But either way, to pretend like that's the reason he sucked is just fucking crazy. Um, you know, with regards to Tibbs, man, dude, we're, we're, we're stuck. We're stuck in the mid, bro. We're stuck in the middle, which is whatever. But, I mean, the thing is, you can fix 90% of the problems. If you just fire Tibbs, trade Julius Randle, and draft your players... 90% of the, the issues on the Knicks will be, uh, will be fixed. So, I mean, I just, I'm just shocked by how stupid some people are. Or maybe not stupid. I'm just shocked how, like, ignorant they are to sports. I'm like, There's no worse part of the fan base than the Randall stands. Single, single worst part of the fan base. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think so. So, for me, just to play devil, devil's advocate, Randall's playoff stand, I attributed to the coach. So the coach, my fault, I got the future. The coach is the reason why 
I think Randall played so poorly. And, and it's several factors, you know, constantly giving him isos, constantly putting the ball in his hands, but also not protecting his player. And I think that's the that's another thing I learned about these playoffs. You gotta protect your basketball player. So let's say if Randall was hurt, if he was hurt, use him as a decoy, right? Scheme in a way where Randall he doesn't really need the ball, but you know players gotta pay attention to him. So there's ways to work around it, right? It's I've seen Randall on the same bum ankle. Punch somebody's shit off the backboard in the playoffs. I forgot who he punched that shit, right? I've seen him get the ball stolen from him and Randall run back full speed and block a shot. Like, I've seen it. So I know it's in his body. I just think the coach is the biggest, biggest issue um, of all. And I've resigned to the fact, I'm slowly resigning to the fact that Randall's going to be here next season. So I think... That's why I'm starting to get away from the whole trade Randall and this, that, and the third. So I'm trying to, as you notice, I'm trying to figure out ways how to build the Knicks without having to aggravate myself, right? I hate when I when I aggravate myself trying to just trade Randall and fire Tibbs all day. I think that's starting to turn into a mute point. And it's only starting to turn into a mute point because, uh, granted, we're all frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. Well, company men ain't frustrated. Company men on the timeline. Yay, we got to the second round and we took Miami to six. And and and, and I want to rob Randall's feet and and, and help Kendra Bay Randall. Yeah, you know, company men happy, right? I'm not happy. I I, I don't like losing. I've never been a loser a day in my life. I don't even like losing in 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 games. When I'm playing Marvel's Capcom two and Bro Crab, I hate losing. We're going to sit there and play Marvel vs. Capcom 2 until I beat your ass three straight games with Ruby Hart, Captain, uh, my guy, um, who's a Captain Commando, and, and, and Mega Man. Or I'm using Ryu and Akuma. I'm going to beat your ass for a couple games. We got to get, we got to scrap. I don't like to lose. So when me, when people like me and Ari, we talk about the draft. And we talk about the future. We always we always talking about the next season. We thinking about the season after the next season. We thinking about the season, the season, season after the next season. And you know, yes, Tibbs, Tibbs, he done he's done a great job getting the getting the foundation ready, right? He's the guy you call when you starting to build a house and you need that good foundation. You need the guy to say, "All right, the basement right here. All right, you know, you got to set this right here." Oh, this is this is 10 feet long. Pause. So you got to make sure that the wall is right here and the crease is right here. Oh, you got to. Tim's done his job. I think it's time for us to upgrade. But if we can't upgrade at the coach, I would at least like to upgrade the roster. That's why I said I would swap Mitch for Kristaps Porzingis. Right. If if Washington want to give me Demi, Denny Avicier. Oh, damn, I can't say his name right now. But and I know that guy shot twenty nine percent from three last season. But he is a stout defender, a stout defender. So if you want to give me Chris Stapps and, and Denny, I take those two in a deal because it solves two th- two problems in one. You get you a tall wing who could defend. Don't I, he shot twenty nine percent from three? But I, I tell y'all all the time, I'm not really a numbers guy. I could talk numbers with you, but I don't like bringing up the numbers like that because I didn't grow up 
with my cousin, my older cousin, telling me about field goal percentages. I grew up with the eye test. That's what I grew up with. So y'all, y'all could go to my guy, Jeremy Cohen, and you could go through all the plus minus stats of why Randall and RJ don't fit or why RJ BPM is so low or why Randall Raptor is so low. I don't give a shit about none of that. I could care less because real talk, a podcast, let's say we talking in the hood and we in a hood, we in a hood barbershop, we in my family liquor store. My father don't want to hear about math. Yo, and Steve, just to add on tack on what you're saying about analytics. Yes. They those analytics are only like part like part of the toolkit in front offices. Like like a stat like BPM is just one factor of many that they're considering. Can you, and, can you explain so, BPM, please? Just for just for the listener. All right. So BPM is box plus minus. I don't have the list of variables that are in it, but it's like an all in one stat. So it takes like literally like every box score stat and then tries to like indirectly get at the non box score stats that contribute to offensive production. There's two right. versions. There's an offensive version. There's a defensive version. And right. then there's there's you know just like when you combine them. So like point is um, it's like an all in one stat. So it's like every all in one stat is deeply flawed for so many reasons. Like, I mean, the most obvious one being that you're taking a bunch of like independent variables and combining them in a way to like make them seem like they're like together, they're uniform, they're not. And like lineups, there's so many different factions with lineups and things like that. But the point is like front offices aren't just looking at shit like that. And so when you see a podcast and they make a very logical argument and it, and it, and it follows sequentially, it's very pleasing, right? There's a thing called cognitive easing, right? We're m- much more susceptible to arguments that, are, or, or, that, are, that follow logical reasoning, right? That follow a narrative that, that the mind can understand. But the reality is front office, the front office is much more divided than that. And, you know, I, I know you probably have sources too, but like from what, I, from what I've heard, um, you know, that's the front office is much more divided. On, on the Levine thing than I think it was being presented by uh, Next Film School. I, I heard that too. Um, I got a DM today and they was basically talking about um, certain people in the organization, Tibbs being one of them, is advocating for Zach Levine. But the I, a piece of another part of the organization understands that it's now CAA versus Clutch. And I don't. I don't think no clutch player will sign with the Knicks this offseason. I think we've ended. We've cut. We've cut throat that organization already. The way we did Cam Reddish was so egregious to that young man that I, I don't think Rich Paul would send his client to the Knicks. And I think another underlying factor with the Zach Levine thing is he don't fit with Julius Randle. <laughs> like any trade Nobody that does, you have. Though. That's the point. Nobody does. None of these dudes. Luca don't fit with Randall. Zach Levine don't fit with Randall. Hey, one more thing is like the argument that like it makes sense to trade for Levine so you can later flip him for Booker when Booker, if Booker's available in two years, utter nonsense. Right? Just follow like, you know, simple, simple logic here. Like it requires like multiple steps, multiple things to happen. Like that's not how you make a decision as a front office. We just need to remember, remember who the fans are, and remember who like the experts are, right? Because like again, just I, I just want to say, like, just because of the argument makes sense, right? Just because it follows a narrative, it follows sequentially, doesn't mean it's correct. And I don't think this one's correct. 
Right. And, um, so question to you, Jeremy, uh, at the top of the screen, obviously I got, oh, Rob, what's up, OG? So question to you, I'll put to you and I guess um, Jeremy can answer. Watching the NBA Finals, uh, what have you learned that um, about the Knicks and what do, the, what do you think the Knicks need? So I'll be quick and then I'll, I'll pass it to Robert. Mm-hmm. The quick, they, they need some more smart basketball players and guys who can who can drain threes, especially when they're open. I think that's the simplest answer. I'll I'll let Rob give a longer answer, but thanks for letting me upstate. Yo, anytime, bro. Rob, what's up, OG? Talk what's to me. going on? Thank you for having me. Uh, they need a coach. That's the bottom line. It. That, what's his name on FS1? The white guy, not you know, not Skip. But the other one who has his own show, I forgot his name, with a C or something. Damn. I, oh yeah, him. I'm not a fan of his, but he said one smart thing that I kind of agree with. For example, if you look at Miami, the two hardest working guys on that team is Bam and Jimmy Butler. So when you plug in some no-name they have to fit in with those guys. They Because if those guys are doing it, the other guys can't say, well, I'm not doing that. Now, if you look at Tibbs, the way he coaches Randall and lets him get away with it, and then he pulls Obi for making a mistake, he pulls Grimes, he pulls IQ, even RJ, then people looking like, well, if he ain't doing it, why do I got to do it? And it creates, even if they say, it doesn't cause friction in the locker room, but people have that in their mind. I know, no doubt, Obi has that in his mind. Like, why am I getting yanked? Because every time he does something, he looks at the bench. So it starts with coaching. And I've been saying this. Yes, Tibbs came in. This front office was new in the business. They knew Tibbs. But that's why... There's a difference between a Bob Myers and any other and our front office. They can walk up there and say, yes, Mark Jackson, you did a great job, but it's time to move on. We're, we're going championship hunting. So somebody needs to go tell Tibbs, yes, you made New York relevant. They made it to the second round. You know, you're over 65. Start collecting your Social Security check and you have a good one. Oh, OG, I have a I have a question for you. Just to play devil's advocate, you've watched way more basketball than me. Is there any other coach in NBA history you can think of that's had a tincture like Thibodeau, who finally broke through and won a championship, um, in the same fashion as to Doc Rivers? Can you recall? Doc Rivers. He won when he, he won one, even though Tibbs was his assistant, you know, so they're both the same coach, really. Uh, now, as far as going back to the Randall thing, I consider Randall surgery like bone spurs. That's basically what it is. You want to clean up and, you know, you can play with it, but, it, you know, you're not comfortable. But at the end of the season, you got bone spurs, you go in there, you get that little surgery, get it taken out, so this way you're more comfortable. Tighten it up in case the ankle doesn't heal perfectly. So he, it's voluntary surgery. Randall didn't need the surgery. He could have healed on his own. 
but that, right. that's the difference with with somebody getting a surgery that needed and versus a voluntary surgery. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's good news for me because uh, my original thought process was what if Randall was never the same again? <laughs> if he come back... That would be a good thing if he's never the same again. Oh, Randall's going to have an off year next year anyway because it's an even year. Come on, you know the, the metrics. One good year, one bad year. One good year, one bad year. So next year's the bad year. Oh, man. So we in for a doozy next season, huh? <laughs> next season going to be so interesting. Because if the Knicks don't make no moves and they run it back, how much energy do you really want to give this team knowing that you want to win so bad and knowing that they don't want to win the way you want to win? Knicks feed or Knicks management feed off of the casuals a lot. 100. And that's it, guaranteed. And that's why I said what I want for the Knicks and what management mm -hmm. wants for the Knicks are two different things. I, to me, the way I see it, Dolan wants to be relevant. And that's why I really think they're going to trade for a star because every time they do that, they raise ticket prices. And now they're a second round team. And so you bring in a name and like, okay, well, we're going to have to pay this guy $40, 50000000 million. So, you know, you guys are going to have to cover it in ticket prices, even though Knicks make money hand over fist. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You just taught me something new. Thank you, OG. See, this is why I love Twitter space. So when a player... See, that's the business aspect of it, right? So when you got a guy or a, a current star on your team, you, you you raise ticket prices so you could get your money back after paying that said star. That is mad interesting to me because New York has the highest taxes. I, I get taxed like a motherfucker. I get taxed. So I pay more taxes than Trump. I get taxed at least at least $600 each check, at least, unless I want to exempt myself for that one check so I can get all my money. But I get taxed a lot. So I can understand if James Dolan, who, mind you, doesn't pay taxes on MSG property, but I would, I, I would understand if Dolan wants a star this offseason. And I'm with Dolan a little bit on that. The reason why I went doling a little bit on the whole get an all-star this season is because I'm just looking at Leon Rose's timeline. He's been here three years. He spent over $400 million on players, and he has yet to get me a superstar. He's got me a great player in Jalen Brunson. I don't consider Brunson a star or a superstar. My definition of a star or a superstar is kind of different from everybody else. Superstars to me have rings. A star to me has been in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals and has produced in multiple playoff trips. So Jalen Brunson got another playoff trip with the Knicks and he'll damn sure be a star to me. Not a superstar, you need a ring. So that's why when people call certain players, now you don't always need a ring to be called a superstar, right? So yeah, I go, I'm I'm in I understand you, but I'm in it halfway. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell, everybody was screaming is a star. 
But every time Donovan Mitchell faces Jalen Brunson, he gets cooked. Doesn't matter, <laughs> doesn't matter which team. So now if Donovan Mitchell's considered a star, what's Jalen Brunson if he cooks him every time? Now, that's why I also believe that yes. people don't really watch the Knicks. They just watch not, – I'm not talking about fans. Like Randall's All-NBA and Randall's an All-Star. If you actually watch New York basketball, Donovan Mitchell would have been – not Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Brunson would have been in the All-Star game, not Julius. But That's true. But the fact is they put Julius in there because he's the name that's been around for the last couple of years. And so, okay, well, the Knicks are relevant. We got to put in a nickname. Uh, who's the guy in the Knicks? Oh, it's Randall. That's the guy. Remember, he took him to the four seed, the bubble year. Okay, we'll throw him in there. Well, if you watch the game, then you know Brunson is the man. You look in the playoffs against the Heat, where the coach, to me, is considered today that one of the, if not the top, top three in the NBA, schemed against one player, and he still cooked. That makes him a star. Now, is he a one, a two? He's a floor general. Chris Paul's a star. But and you know he hasn't been anywhere, but he is the floor general. So Booker is the star, the one on that team. Now it's now if if I know Chris Paul's old, but before the injury, Paul was the third guy because there was KD Booker then Chris Paul. So Brunson is a star, but he's not the star because the star needs. Is not does not look like Brunson. He's not AI. Mm, no, he's not. A See, <laughs> Allen Iverson, <laughs> my top one of my top three favorite players of all time. Allen Iverson was absolutely a generational talent. Um, and Allen Iverson played a little bit of defense, and he led the league in, in, in steals, and he always used to average two-plus steals a game when he played. That's why, That's why. like, I, I love Allen, and Allen Iverson was very inefficient. The nerds of today would have hated Allen Iverson. They would have hated his guts. Oh, Allen Iverson is inefficient. They would have hated I promise you they would have hated The nerds him. today would hate Kobe if you look at just deficiency numbers, if you don't look at the player. Yeah, 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 they would. It, it, it's funny how people um watch basketball today. It, it, it's interesting. I, I think it's cool, but I think the the standing culture, I think, has kind of room. So, what is a stand? A stand is a person who who fans for a particular NBA player, and will never see that player do wrong. Like, never, ever. And even if the player did wrong, they'll try to spin it into something right. LeBron James. This is why. LeBron James. Yeah. Look at the media. LeBron James. Look at Shannon Sharp. Look at, look at his fans that jumped from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland. Now they're Lakers fans. That's a stand. Listen, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Um, my friend, even though I love Russell Westbrook, he's a big Russell Westbrook fan. And even though when Russ was doing bad, and that hurt me too, he was not even blaming like Russ. Like part of the problem, even in LA, I felt like it was just the functional was Russ. But 
again, he was saying how Russ did no wrong when he, even though he did score 15, he shot like 37% from the field and wasn't really effective in LA. And I love Russ. Russ is all time a top three favorite player of mine, but still, I have, I have friends that are Russ and LeBron stands. I love Russ too. Russ is one of my favorite point guards of all time. Russ is a he's actually I think he's a top ten point guard of all time when it's said and done. That's just me personally. The day Russ retires, count five years and he's walking into the Hall of Fame. That's all. I don't care yeah. what all they tried to say, call him West Brick, this and that. If that's the case, call Jason Kidd a brick because he was also he couldn't shoot for years. Yep. And, and you know, I, I love players like that. The Knicks, we don't have players like that. I wish uh, Jalen Brunson was Allen Iverson. If Jalen Brunson was Allen Iverson, the Knicks would have never lost to the Heat, regardless if Randall wanted to play like George Lynch, regardless if R.J. Barrett wanted to show up like Rajah Bell in game six. We would have beat them already. So that's why, like, I, I get confused with some fans when they say, oh, let's build around Brunson. That's dumb as shit. So now the goalposts are switched. See, it's funny. The goalposts last summer was, we need to build around Randall. The, the Randall fans were saying that, right? Y'all all remember this. So the playoffs happened. Now the goalpost is, we need to build around Brunson. Come on now. Y'all done watched too much basketball for all these years. This is why the standing shit is it, it, so egregious to me. This is why I don't consider myself an RJ stand either. Because RJ played like Reuben Patterson for 85% of the season. I couldn't defend him. I can't defend poor play. I can't defend ball hogging. I can't defend not playing defense. Those are things I cannot defend. But I'm not trading RJ Barrett. And I'm standing on that. There's no reason. And the biggest reason why I'm not trading him is because there's not a trade that you can tell me Will you trade R- – because RJ ain't going to be the only kid to go. It's going to be RJ. It's going to be OB. It's going to be quickly. Your prop- We're going to trade RJ, Mitch, and quickly and keep Quentin Nelikina? Really? So then you want to you wanna insert Zach Levine into that starting lineup. Now you have no cap space. You have less depth. And now you have Zach Levine and Julius Randle – fighting for the basketball and possessions next season with, with, with Jalen Brunson. How does that work? If you want the best versions of Randall and RJ and Brunson and Thibodeau, you have to put certain archetypes on this roster for Tibbs to work with. I resign to the fact that Randall will not be traded this summer. I resign to the fact that Tibbs will not be fired this summer. Yes, I will say it every day on this app. Let me bitch about it. Let me get on this app and say, yes, I want Tim's fired. Don't come under my tweet saying, well, the Knicks had the the best record in, in 10 years. I don't give a fuck. Stop coming to my tweet bitching about me bitching. We're both bitches now. Stupid ass. So, and let's say yeah. let's say the Knicks had the best record in twenty years, but now you go back and you go play next year, and the Knicks lose mm-hmm. to the Magic in the first round. Then what? Oh, 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 God damn! 
God damn. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because a team like the Pistons, shout out to the Pistons, by the way, man. The Pistons, these, these, like, I think it's just this new generation, OG. Like, fans who's around my age, J.A.'s, Nick say Jake, shout out to you, bro. Fans that's around that age, because I'm 33. So I think we appreciate more of the small market teams more than a lot of fans of, of the younger generation because we've seen those same organizations be better than the Knicks during dark times with the Knicks. Like Detroit always been good all my life. Yeah, they had a couple down years these past five, six years, but they've been good basically all my life. And they've been the five straight Eastern Conference Finals during the 2000s when the Knicks was trying to protect Isaiah Thomas from sexual allegations. That's what we was worrying about. Zach Levine, Jamal Crawford, while the Pistons going to the Eastern Conference Finals. How dare you as a Knicks fan talk down on the Pistons or the Orlando Magic? Orlando got a nice young core. They didn't do what we did, try to do some fake-ass playoff run, and they tanked. During the COVID season, they tanked. They got them Cade. Cade is a hell of a basketball player. Then they go and they just steal Jaden Ivey from my Knicks. Oh, my God. Just stole. Oh, my God. I wanted Jaden Ivey so bad, yo. Remember. If we offer 11 Randall and, like, Alec Burks, we could have got up to number four and had Ivy. Oh, my God, bro. I wanted, I wanted Jada Ivy so bad, bro. I hear you, but they, they, they tanked for Ivy. They stole Durant. They literally that's, stole Durant. <laughs> that's true. They stole Durant, too. Oh, they tanked for Ivy, but mind you, I wanted to tank that year, too. I didn't see the purpose of Randall playing after the All-Star break. That's just me personally. I didn't see the purpose of Tom Thibodeau. He literally did not start quickly the whole year, bro. He started Alec Burks the whole season, bro. Wow. That's a waste of my time. Now the Pistons get Monty Williams. They got oh, they got max cap space. They got they got 37 they got- million in cap space and if they do not take Alec Burks back, they'll have over 40. So they can literally sign Kevin Durant if they want to. I mean, they can live, but I don't think they will because I think they're going to bring in a couple of vets to teach these young players who all the young players are going to start, which is another thing the Knicks never do and show them how to play as a team and then They'll this coming season, they're going to be Orlando Magic last year. They're going to double their win total. Still going to get a lottery pick, and then they're going to be in the playoffs. So in two years, yep. they're going to be the Knicks of this past year. I think they're going to be in the playoffs next season, brother. Monty Williams. They're has- going to be like the 7-8 seed. Are you talking about um Detroit or Orlando? I'm talking about Detroit. I think Detroit will make the playoffs next season. I I, I really like Monty Williams. Uh, I know that he he he's had some crazy shit going on with the Suns, and people got to understand Monty Williams' wife passed away, uh, and that that's something that hangs over your head and and. I appreciate a coach like that. He, he still stood tall. He still was coaching. 
Um, sometimes people need certain things to release. You know, Rob, as I got older, and then Rob, you could go. Um, as I got older, Rob, I had to figure out how to keep my brain exercising. And, um, you know, you find yourself a hobby. And this was one of the things. I, I found podcasting uh, five years ago. Shout out to my guy, Cal, from 118th and 5th. He was the person that, that put me up to it. He was saying, basically, and shout out to Dip, too. Dip, know my man, Cal. Uh, it dip from 118th and 5th as well. Shout out to Dip, bro. And I personally know Dip from Harlem. So my man Cal, who also is Dip Men's, we used to play 2K together for mad hours and shit. He put me up to doing the podcast um, five years ago, back in 2018. And I think I did one of my first episodes with my guy Cal. And, you know, Cal, he had a baby at the time, too, so he couldn't really commit to it. And then I just kept going. And um, I'm 200 pods in, 200 plus, no, matter of fact, 300 plus pods, if I count the live streams I've been there on. And... I feel great. This is like a great uh, release for me. Uh, the next step in my maturation process now is getting to YouTube. I've been putting a lot of money behind the scenes in the clothing. Um, I've been putting a lot of money behind the scenes into getting backdrops and stuff of that nature. So just to get everything prepared, because when I get to YouTube, I want to give y'all the best version of myself. Um I will be having StreamYard, so I send out the uh, every time I record on YouTube and I'm in my family liquor store, I'm going to send out a random StreamYard link to probably somebody like Jay and Papa Left and all of those guys that I've seen on, on um, live streams. And you never know who will pop in on a state pod during that day. Um, you never know if somebody will come in a liquor store randomly and, 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 and I say, hey, what the fuck? Ain't that Jim Jones? Yo, Jim, what up, bro? Because Jim Jones going to my family liquor store. Joel's being there. You know, so, you know, I, I want to make this something bigger than what it, I, I want it to be the biggest. Um, I want to be bigger than CP. Um, shout outs to CP and Nick Fan TV. Um, I, I want to be bigger than Nick's film school. Shout outs to them. I want to be bigger than, than the Nick's wall. Um, I want to be a boss. Shout outs to Dame Dash. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want anybody to do services that I could do myself. This is why this is the the YouTube take thing is taking a little long because I want to I want to come out with the best possible product po best possible product and also I want to be one of those guys who's accessible. So this is why when I got the Twitter, my thing was doing videos and doing video replies because how can I be one with somebody who never show their face? How can I believe somebody who's always hiding behind the Abbey? How can I believe somebody who never puts their, their life in the forefront? We, I don't know who you are. I, I, I don't know where you're from. How can I relate to you? It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Chinese. It, it don't matter. We, I can find something to relate to you with. We all didn't grow up the same, but I could probably find something that we grew up loving together. It's always something to learn from somebody. It doesn't matter what skin color, what ethnicity, none, none of that. That don't matter. Learning as a human being matters to me. This is why Twitter Spaces, I think this is one of the greatest inventions ever. Because now I've been turning Twitter Spaces into pods. Something that me and Eru did first. And everybody stole me and Eru idea. Shout out to Die Hard Knicks. When me and Eru did a live stream and had the Twitter spaces a part of the live stream. 
So, you know, that's why I think a lot of us is mad at Leon Rose, somebody like me. I'm pissed with Leon Rose. He don't talk to the media. He don't talk to nobody. He gets to hide behind uh, uh, Nick's management. He gets to hide behind Nick's PR. Talk to us, bro. Tell me how you trying to build the team, bro. Because this is why we arguing every day. No Knicks fan know what direction the Knicks want to go in. We don't know how the Knicks want to be built. We don't even know how Leon Rose want to build the but Knicks. But that's the reason why. Remember, the last two management teams, what they promised us. One promised LeBron James. The other promised Ke- Kevin Durant. Where they at? <laughs> And Leon Rose, he originally so this whole trade for a star thing, uh, I think that's a Knicks fan thing. Uh because I think Leon Rose, when he first got here, he was actually talking about development. He's actually talking about team building and um talking about his assets. The tr- the whole trade for a star thing, um, I think started from Leon Rose after we made the Almighty Fourth seed. He kept talking about his assets. And when fans here Leon Rose talk about assets. It automatically makes them think that, you know, the Knicks want to automatically trade for a star. And my biggest gripe with Leon Rose is just transparency, right? Like, I I don't know what you want to build the team with. I don't know how you want to build the team. I'm only up here trying to get more ideas to see how Leon Rose is thinking. And some of Leon Rose's logic, to me, it just does not make sense. Like, making Randall the face of your franchise does not make sense. Making Jalen Brunson the face of your franchise does not make sense. Brunson, those two guys cannot be your team's best player if you want to win a championship. You know, I'm in the business. I want to win a championship. I don't know what that feeling is like. I don't know what it feels like to be in the Eastern Conference Finals like 90s Nick fans. Y'all felt that shit every other season. I don't know what it feels like to be a championship contender. 90s Nick fans do. No. They know. Every day a 90s Knicks fan woke up in the summer in the 90s, they say, well, we're going to get them next season. And we can be, and, and they'll be confident with it, too. See, the funny thing is my dad, who grew up as a 90s Knicks fan, fucking hates Sean Starks for the 94 finals. He got blocked, okay, he still had, like, a decent game that game. That game seven made my dad hate Sean Starks forever, bro. It made a lot of us Knicks like, fans. And first of all, before that, I hated Charles Smith. Then I hated OJ because he messed up. In the middle of my Nick game, driving a Bronco. I can tell you all the stories about the 90s Knicks. Well, I'll tell you that. My dad cherishes Patrick Ewing, bro. Like, he, like, loves Patrick Ewing. He's a diehard 90 Knicks man. Like, he, like, hates Sean Starks, bro, because Patrick Ewing could have got a ring that year. That was a prime chance. Like, even though we made in 99, we weren't really supposed to make it that year. We got clapped by the Spurs. Um, 94, that was the year that we should have won. That was the year that everyone had us winning. And even though Akeem was also really good that series, and Kenny Smith did well that series, um, Ewing, even though he didn't play crazy good, he still played good. And wasn't he, like, I don't know. Like, I found this out recently. My dad didn't say this. Wasn't he, like, a bit injured? Yes. But we were... Yeah, he was a bit injured. We were two bunnies away by Charles Smith from knocking out Jordan. That's what's still on my mind. We're up too mm. well, and then they won four straight. And that's what my dad said as a 96 fan. They just kept punching them out every time of Jordan. That's how what they felt like. Mm. And you remember Charles Smith missing those layups. Damn near 
25 years later. So how do you think I feel, OG, when I see Matt Struess out playing Julius Randle? How do you think I and feel? And you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is he's going to get the bag. And the Knicks are probably going to want him because he can shoot. And then he'll come on to the Knicks and be exactly what he was supposed to be. Because the system <laughs> in Miami works. That's hey, brother, what makes right? the difference. You can bring somebody in. But it doesn't mean that it's going to translate onto your team from what he does in Miami. Absolutely, Rob. Hey, Jack, I got I got a summer assignment for you. You ready? You ready for your summer assignment, Jack? Yeah. I want you to watch. <laughs> I want you to watch a full '90s Nick game. Any game from '94 to 1996, a playoff game. That's your summer assignment. It ain't even summer yet for me, bro. I'm still in school for another like. 10, 15 That's days. all right. So, so report <laughs> back to me when you watch it. I've been, I've been begging Jay Nicky to watch a '90s Nick game for for two years, and he still hasn't done it. And he wanted to sell Carmelo Anthony T-shirts online. So, I want you to watch a '90s Nick game to know where we coming from, where your dad's coming from when he said when he says that team is different. Okay, uh, Rob, I agree with you completely. I was listening to Bill Simmons today. Bill Simmons and Rosillo today was talking about how the Knicks should have gave Pat Riley. That 10% stake in the Knicks to stay. He was like, yo, that, that's one of the biggest mistakes the Knicks ever made. Let Pat Riley walk out the door. You let Cache walk out the door. You let a guy that's won for 40 years in the NBA walk out the door. And you've had a rotation of, of basketball executives since that point. You give Pat Riley Pat president Riley. and you give him ownership in 1995, we probably got a ring or two, honestly. I think Pat LeBron Riley's comes to New York. And I heard, I heard it. it when they were negotiating, it went down to 5%. And come on. Anybody, every team is owned by some by some minor shareholder with 5%. But, but you know what? Russillo and Bill Simmons was like how Riley pretty much invented that. Like, president of basketball operations getting a percentage of the team. He's saying before that point, nobody was really willing to do it. The Knicks should have saw the vision and did it, man. Pat Riley came in in '92, bro, and turned the whole franchise around. There was there was a middle of the franchise until he came. They wasn't really winning no playoff games. Patrick Ewing didn't know how to win in the NBA. A lot of bullshit was happening until Riley walked in the door and literally made him a fucking championship contender. So, yeah, I remember that time. <laughs> I'm still too. struggling, man. I remember that time too because the Knicks tried to have the twin towers with Bill Cartwright and Patrick Ewing, right? And that didn't right. work either. And Pat Riley said he tra- Pat Riley traded for Oakland. Right, Pat Riley orchestrated that Oakley deal. Yep, and got Oakley, and then once they got Oakley and Xavier McDaniel, that turned around the whole franchise. So he knew what he wanted. To, he knew he wanted to be like the Pistons in the East. He knew he couldn't bring that same Showtime shit to the Knicks. Right? I think he's even trying to like recruit Maddie Johnson before he got sick. I don't know what. I, I know Mitch Richmond wasn't played. I know Isaiah Thomas before the Achilles injury wasn't played. Like they they could have played differently, but he, I think he locked in on that bruising type of basketball, and that's how. We got in the nineties Knicks. So I mean Because every team, every team had a tough guy. Right. And, at the time. And as as much as Patrick Ewan looks like the tough guy, he really isn't. Patrick Ewan, and I I know him, I've met him, I've dealt with him. He's a sensitive guy. That's why I'll I hate to say it, he struggled against Boston a lot because he's from the area. They 
called him all kinds of names when he went to Georgetown and they carried it over into the Celtics era. So the Knicks needed to have an enforcer. And when they brought in Oakley, the whole mentality changed because it didn't have to be Ewing. It became Oakley and then it became McDaniel. And from there it became Mason. It became, that's what every team had back then. I'm not saying it ha- it's today. I know the NBA changed the way they wanted to play basketball because they wanted to go global. But now nah, every team still got to enforce it because Caldwell Pope for the Nuggets, uh, Bam Adebayo for the Heat, Dylan Brooks for the Grizzlies. They still t- Draymond for the Warriors. There's there's enforcers on some of these teams still, bro. They still got some, <laughs> and the teams that lose consistently don't have it. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Nick's got a bunch of light skinned ninjas. Who want to go on vacation, be cute and handsome. These dudes is not on the basketball court. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I just, Brown's, Brown's trying to have a hot boy summer. Enjoy your summer, but like you got to get paid in a couple of years. Grimes, like I don't, I don't, I don't be, I don't get it sometimes, bro. Like Grimes trying to be like a Jersey Shore boy, bro. He got it. He got to get a second contract. Like, which I mean, you got to take a little time off. I get it, but like he got to get a lot better this summer. Like Grimes got to get a lot better. Him and Quick, they got to get a light. Obi, they, if them boys want to get a second NBA contract, they got to get a lot better. You know what I'm saying? I just the Knicks don't got enough toughness for me, man. I just we from a different era, man, and I just can't take the pretty boy shit. I can't take Josh Hart going up there and trying to recruit Dante Divincent. Like who? Where he gonna play at? Like go get, Villanova ain't got no wings. We ain't got no wings we can recruit. Like where's the six nine guys at? Where's the six ten guy? Where's where's the old where's the jumbo wing that we need? Why we can't? Why we got to get tweener guards? Why we got to go get Divincenzo another tweener guard? Where the jumbo wings at? Go give me a jumbo wing, Josh Harder. How about that? Go give me somebody that could, could could hit a shot and play defense and rebound a little bit too. Like, come on. Man. Although I will say, yeah. when I saw that tweet with Seth Curry, but he was wearing the number thirty jersey. I got excited though because if he's wearing thirty, that means the other thirty ain't here. Listen, OG Rob. Listen, the Knicks. The Knicks released the PR campaign for Randall this past week. Uh, he's going to finish his contract as a Nick. Okay, he's not going anywhere. Oh, I, if Knicks I fans know. continue to say that. I, I, he ain't going nowhere. Yep. Like he's good. Yeah, when I saw Wolves reported, blasted out the national yeah. media, I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, he's good. <laughs> said, oh, he's good." Okay. Yeah, the, the, I'm just waiting out the Leon Rose era, man. Honestly, bro, like I'm, I'm at the point where. I'm just waiting out this era, bro. Like I'm enjoy it, but we need we're gonna need a real president of basketball operations. The nepotism ain't gonna work. It's gonna be another like Dolan career been a whole like a bunch of swing and misses. At one time, Dolan gotta think to himself, mm, maybe I should just go get basketball guys. Maybe I should just go get guys we gotta Google. I wanna Google my next president of basketball operations. I don't wanna know their name. He had one. I wanna know he had one, but they disagreed Who? on Carmelo on Carmelo Anthony. And then he went. Yeah. Yeah. But even Walsh was an older guy at the time. Like, you need, you got to go get, like, get you, like, a Kobe Altman. And who, who know, Kobe done a decent job in, in Cleveland. But get a guy with kids that got something to lose that, that's invested in the game, like Spo, like Spo's group, group in Heat uh, organization. Like, go get you a young guy that, that's, that's, that's a scout or a guy that's, that's an understudied press to you. Give me somebody, somebody we don't know. Just go give me somebody you don't know. I'll be okay. Let me Google him. Let me know. Let t- And then tell him to do media coverage, right? Do media availability. Get in front of me and tell me what the organizational plan is. 
Presley every year does two hours a, a two hour exit interview every fucking summer for the OKC uh, media. And granted, OKC media is probably tiny, but we got these YouTube videos. Two hours and thirty one minutes this last year, explaining the Oklahoma City Thunder plan and direction. It's three. It's four years in, and Leon Rose hasn't told us nothing. The only good thing he's done is bring us Jalen Brunson. Every contract's been terrible. The draft picks have been average. Argue with your mama. But Jay, you think you think he he's the one doing the moves? Okay, I feel like he don't talk because he, yeah, he got a co-sign the moves. Everything, everything yeah. else. So he don't. He's, right. he, he, he's the he's the end all be all of the moves. You know, you know the sign. The buck stops yeah, here. That's Leon Rose. So but I don't think I don't think he do like. I don't. I don't think he do Nick's business. I think like what what Nick's business does. Well, I question what he does all day, other than like CAA stuff. I think he's more involved in the CAA. And he outsourced all that stuff to all the other people. I, I the, disagree. It's like the Brock Alia. You because th- he's not a basketball guy. So how how's he doing basketball work? If he's he's age, so he's gonna do. He, what he, he got he got the Brock Alias and the Rojas's uh, delegating. And they, they bring they got, it to his like, desk and he made the decision. He he's not gonna let them make a decision without him. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I know he makes the, the final call. But right. again, well not the final final call. He probably he probably calls upstairs to, you know, to make one more call, but just to let him know. But at the same time, I don't think he has this vision like you compared him to Sam Presti, who <clears throat> Presti is telling his people what to do, opposed to the people telling Leon Rose what they are doing. And he making <laughs> the final call. Here's a hot take, D. Here's, here's my hot take. I think the Leon Rose era ended last year when he didn't make that Donovan Mitchell trade. I don't think there's a move. I don't think there's a there's a logical move that costs less or like comparable to make going forward. I don't. If you if you're giving the same pick conversation for Cat or Levine, you should have made the trade last year for a 25 year old. Because Mitchell got a lot. He got a long way to go in terms of development. Too. He's still mad young. I think him and Obi's the same goddamn age. They are. And <laughs> that's why I was on the Donovan Mitchell trade myself. I wanted Donovan Mitchell. I was not against that deal. I was advocating for that deal. And the reason why I advocated for that deal, because <clears throat> me personally, I didn't trust R.J. Barry yet. Um, I felt Jalen Brunson was a good upstart, but we needed another guy who could get his own shot and who's actually produced in the playoffs. Proven and- guy. A proven guy. A proven guy, basically. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell's a wing. Um, he's a short shooting guard, but he's still very explosive. And he's not scared of the moment. And that's the reason why, I, you know, I wanted Donovan Wait, Mitchell. Do you, do you see a trade? Do you see a trade that could happen for them this summer? Like a realistic trade? Um, Honestly, I don't. Uh, the reason why I don't is because... I don't think Zach Levine will be a Nick. He's a clutch client. Like I continue, I, I hate having to fucking tell Nick fans this, but in the business world, if I'm an agent and I just seen Cam Reddish and the way he was done by Thibodeau under CAA in New York, I am not sending none of my clutch clients to yeah, go it's over. It's over for that. It, it's, it, over it, it's over for that. So the Zach Levine thought is 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 stupid to me. The, the, the next guy. Um, I'll tell you two reasons. <clears throat> one that I work, I can see Zach Levine and one that I can't. The reason I can see him is because he's going to be playing for another contract. And the Bulls are trash. He has two years left on his deal. So the Knicks are relevant, higher market, because the Bulls, are, you know, 
still dealing with Lonzo Ball and whatnot. That's why my thing. My thing with the Bulls, the Bulls leadership is the dude came from from Denver, right? So my thing is like, how do you leave Denver in that philosophy and go to Chicago and pretty much build the opposite thing? Like, I don't understand that shit. Like, how do you go from building a team built around built around Murray, Jokic, MPJ, and then the understudy goes to Chicago and builds a a clunky team built around Vooch and 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 Demar Derozan? That shit just doesn't make no sense to me. And granted, it worked pretty well with Lonzo at the helm of it, but without Lonzo, you got to break it up. And if they would have stayed healthy, they would have been solid. They were good till Lonzo got hurt. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked. It worked with Lonzo. So, that, so that's how I can see Zach in New York. Now, why I won't see Zach in New York? Because not not because he's a clutch client, but he's a clutch client, and they know Tibbs will wear him out. Yes, he's played a lot of games in the last couple of years. He's healthier, but Tibbs will wear him don't, out. That's don't we need a, don't we need a stout defender to put along Levine? I mean, can we put Brunson and Levine next to each other? Didn't it work because Lonzo and Levine were, were the backcourt? Yeah, that, that's another issue with it, right? Because now you don't have a big wing defender. When it's time to guard Paul George, that was R.J. Barrett's job, right? Who are you going to put on Paul George when you got Grimes? I guess you just take Grimes out of the starting lineup. But now you got to switch a whole lot of stuff up. And plus, I don't think they, they trade an R.J. and Levine straight up. Chicago going to want more. And that's where the Knicks say no. Yeah, that's <laughs> Nick Film School seems to say that, like, like trading for a guy that's, like, marginal to change, to change your whole play style. It's something they just don't see the Knicks doing. And they also said that eventually the, the red flag with RJ is that his contract is ascending. And Jeremy talks about it all the time. So with the ascending contract, they saying that that contract is designed to trade at some point. Because they don't usually they don't usually keep players that with the ascending contract. The model is to give guy the guys that they want to keep descending contracts. Mm-hmm. So Randall, Brunson, probably quickly coming Brunson's up. Brunson's on a descending, by the way. Brunson's on a Brunson, descending. Yeah, Brunson yeah. So and Mitch got... are on descending, but Julius is on an ascending yeah. contract. So, okay, so they want to trade his so ass. That, so, <laughs> so that I, honestly, any, that Jay, I, I see anything. it the other way, bro. I, I, I see it the other way. If you're on a descending contract, then that makes it more tradable, in my opinion. Well, for me, uh, Chicago has no incentive to trade with the Knicks. I think this is one thing that y'all all missed and y'all didn't bring up. Chicago has no first-round picks. And Chicago just missed out on a lottery pick this year. So Chicago has no incentive to tank yet, right? So Zach Levine automatically is going to be on the Chicago Bulls next season because they still don't have no incentive to tank yet. Now, after this Lonzo contract on where it dries up and after they get um, access to all of their first-round picks, I think that's when they'll have the incentive to tank. Is that incentive this summer? Absolutely not. So I, I just don't think Zach Levine will be a Nick. It just does not work. Levine and Brunson don't work. Levine and Randall don't work. That it, it shit don't work. Then let's go to the next guy. You got people talking about Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, he's a he's a damn good player. On what multiverse and what planet I want to see Carl Anthony Towns and Julius Randall in the same front court. That is stupid. That's one. Two, if you're going to trade for Carl Anthony Towns, the logical swap, logical, is Randall for Cat. G- gang, that's, that's why I'm waiting for Leon Rose to go because I don't, I don't see no way out of this shithole, bro. I just don't see it. I me can't neither. see it. Me neither. And then it's like, okay, you want to – they're not swapping Randall for Cat. So who's the next guy? Oh, you're going to trade R.J. Barrett 
for, for Carl Anthony Towns. So now you got another big hole because now you got a bunch of short-ass wings and you got a center who's going to make $50 million in, 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 soon. I'm good. Yo, yo Stay. Then, uh, I, I want you to go through the Memphis, uh, Memphis Grizzlies next because I, I, I think Jaron Jackson Jr., depending on how, how the John Morant thing lands, could, could be had possibly. Well, that's the one now. That that's the one. That, those are the type of names that gets me excited. Didn't didn't somebody on the that girl? Why the would they trade him? No, he's locked in. Jaws getting thirty games. So so no, that is, so Jay. In my opinion, they would trade him because uh, fucking Desmond Bain uh, is extension eligible. They're gonna have to pay him. Um, they just they just let go of uh, um, what's his name, the enforcer dude that you were talking about. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks, thank you. Um, Cognar is uh, uh, extension eligible now. It, I, I just think that there's a, a, a lot of guys that they need to pay. Um, if if Ja is out next next season for half or most of the season, maybe they consider taking that year off and just tanking the, the whole year because Ja is going to uh, obviously get some form of suspension, and I believe they have all their draft picks. So maybe they try and go, you know, try and tank next year and go get something and, and get more assets to, to revamp the rest of the squad because that Memphis Grizzly team, I don't know. I mean, to me, they've, they've underperformed. Their, their players that they've drafted and built through have been, have been decent, but obviously, you know, Dylan Brooks is not part of the equation anymore. I, I feel like they're in that mode of needing to re-up, and I don't know, maybe this Ja Morant situation gets them, uh, you know, to realize it. I don't know. I, I, I still think it's a long shot, but I, I think there's there's some uh, opportunity there. So somehow I was uh. tuned into the Breakfast Club, and the girl on there said, from Ja Morant's camp, they came out and said, one, that the gun was fake, which everybody was laughing at. Two is that he's supposedly he's getting 30 games. That's what she said came from the Morant camp. 30 games is not a lot of games. They can still make a difference. Jake, yeah, first of all, 30 is not enough. He should be suspended for the whole season, in my opinion. Second, they can't uh, do that. Let me tell you why. Uh, They're saying that his shoes are sold out all across in every Nike store in the world. Also, he's he just makes too he makes too much money for the league. They're not gonna take that kind of hit. Not not with him. He's the he's the face. He's the and young face. That's true. So you know, I know he's not gonna get the whole season. And the the NFL union, I mean NFL, the NBA union will not allow it to happen. And supposedly, that- supposedly, as what's his name said, the union and the commissioner are in this together. Now, as far as he's the face of the league right now. Yes, he is the face of the league right now till they find somebody, which I promise you they are looking high and low to push another face because he's not trustworthy. And they can't, if they, they, they might be another incident and all the house of cards will crumble. So the NBA is trying to push somebody they tried with Jason Tatum. It didn't work. I mean, so hopefully they're going to find somebody. Maybe somebody comes out of this draft 
Scoot, maybe. I don't know who it is. But they are, so, I, I can guarantee you, as a business, they are frightened because one more crazy incident, even if it's not his fault, because right now, because as of now, he put himself out there. So if another situation comes up, even if it's not his fault, his associations and all the drama with him will cause a negative. That's a fact. Uh, um, it's just for me talking about um, Triple J. <sighs> if I'm Memphis, I ain't trading Triple J to the Knicks because why am I trading Triple J when he could defend the rim and shoot the ball and space the floor for John Morant on top of the fact that Memphis plays better during the regular season without John Morant. They got a better record without John Morant than with John Morant. So I don't even see the incentive on Memphis even thinking about trading Triple J. Um, and it's funny. What draft did Triple J come come in again? What draft was he in again? <laughs> Kevin Knox. <laughs> Ah, oh, the story just keeps writing itself. It just writes itself years later. <laughs> but um, yo, Dip, you got any any last words? I wanted to get out of here. Uh, nah, I'm just you know wishing that Triple J could be available, but like you said, it ain't happening. They ain't letting him go because, like you said, they competitive just because they got him. He's that good. That just because they got him and Bang, they're good without John Moran. Yeah, he's he's really good. So so salute to um, Memphis, man. Um, I hope John Moran, I hope he learns from his mistakes. Young black man. Well, I'm not even going to say young black man. Young man in America. Uh, we all make mistakes. So, you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, I hope he gets better. But, you know, shout outs to Denver and Miami for making the finals. Um, two teams that was built in two totally different ways. But they played good basketball. They shared. They both shared the ball. Both teams' coaches are great coaches. I love Mike Malone. I love Eric Spo. So uh, salute to those two organizations. Real quick, um, real quick. If you look at the if yes, you look at the number of these finals, and to say that the NBA needs a big market team, these the number of this final is killing, killing the last five year finals with big market teams. Yes, and, and and you know why? Because these two teams that's playing is straight basketball. It's it's no, it's not a lot of flopping. It's good basketball. It's good offensive schemes. It's good defensive schemes. It's a solid ball. No narratives. No storylines. It's it's just it's pure solid basketball. I'm having so much fun watching these finals and watching. Um, a generational talent like Jokic, man. It's so fun to watch Jokic. Um, Shout-outs to Clay Anthony early. You know, he's probably somewhere in America right now eating grapes. You know, the Knicks drafted Clay Anthony early over Jokic. You know, Yo, State, if, if Clay Thompson popped loose, what do you think about Clay Thompson the Knicks? I'd say in a heartbeat. Is that a trick question? I don't give a shit how much he makes. He spaces the floor. And he's one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. And the Knicks... We're in a win-now situation. This is a, a, a win-now mode. And I don't care about Klay Thompson's contract. I know it's egregious, but I will pay top dollar for a shooter like that. What, Klay Thompson? I think I think, it, I think we got two years left on it, bro. You'd have, you'd have to re-em up. But 
just the pedigree he's gonna bring out. If you like you said, if you in win now mode and, and Leon Rose ain't going nowhere, you want as many pros as you can get. You know what I'm saying? Like Cat and them, they they nice, but they don't know how to win, bro. Like Clay Thompson comes in and he teaches Brunson some shit. Everybody respects him off top because the legendary Clay Thompson. So I don't know, man. We yo, yo, a guy like that though to and Tibbs size that that's a that that that's a threat to to Tibbs because you're talking about a guy that's been coached at elite levels his whole career, that's played with the greatest his whole career. You think he's gonna come here and listen to the dumbass shit that Tibbs got going on? Yeah, yeah. He told he not Clay Thompson becomes the expert in the organization. Yeah, it would be nice yeah, yeah. though. Tibbs will be getting walked out at, at the dead at the deadline if uh if you got someone like Clay in here. <laughs> it would be nice. You know, Golden State had, you know, kids of ex NBA players that had two of them with Clay and Steph. Now we can have Brunson yep. and Clay. Same same dynamics. I, I like Clay. I always loved Clay. I always wanted the Knicks to get Clay. So if Clay is on the table, I'm it, let, listen. It's so real. If Clay's on the table, I would take Clay before Zach Levine, Devin. I take him before any one of those guys. I, I'm be honest with you. I take Clay in a heartbeat, bro. Clay is Clay is literally exactly what the Knicks need in the starting five at the shooting guard position. If you want to play RJ at small forward, Clay is exactly the person you need at shooting guard. He's he's the perfect archetype. And you got a, you got a guard, Clay. So Clay automatically, he's taking two people with him. <laughs> he stretches the floor. He stretches the floor. I know it may sound crazy to Nick fans, but and he doesn't he, dribble. And he gets his shot off. The ball never touches yep. the floor. Yep. So, you know I could deal with Clay. Shout out to Clay Thompson, man. Uh, and shout out to you guys, man. Um, everybody who joined me today, I uh, appreciate you guys, man. Just throwing different topics at the wall. Um, trying to Yo, get Anthony it. Davis. Anthony Davis, real quick. State they say that he, they ain't gonna re him up. What you think? <sighs> I I don't like AD. I take him, but I don't. I don't like AD. I'm not too fond of AD. That's just me personally. I think AD motor is like he his motor is nasty. Like he'll have he'll have thirty and twenty one game, and then the next game he'll give you he'll give you eighteen and nine, and it's like yo, come on, big dog. So like, AD is a he's an interesting name, but I, I'm I'm kind of good on AD. I think just bring back Porzingis, man. If we're gonna talk about a big, just bring me back my ex draft pick. That bring me back somebody that um James Dolan made money with. Um, brings back somebody who can. Who the fan base can instantly get behind and get bring back bring me back somebody who could ask. Oh, he's clutch. He's clutch too. It's Let me ask you: If LeBron James couldn't bring out the best in AD, who on in New York is going to bring out the best in AD? Nah, you you right, Rob. Absolutely right. <laughs> nah, you, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it's not too many. It's not too many names out there. I think the most perfect, sensible two names that come to my mind. Is Devin Fassell or Kelvin Johnson? It's just like the perfect two names, two guys that I would give up multiple young players and multiple first round picks for because they fill a need. So I, I'm yeah. hoping, I tweeted it, but I was like, Kelvin making 80 million for the next four years. They ain't trading that contract, bro. That contract, the Spurs, 
is how you run an organization. You sign your rookie guys to their second contract, he's, he pretty much signed a quickly deal for way more production and just way more back. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, yep. they, why would they trade that? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. So that's why I started – when I started doing trades with the Knicks, I started thinking about how does the other team get better. Um, I, I stopped thinking about how do the Knicks get better only. When you only think about the Knicks when you're doing trades, you're always going to make a trade that's lopsided. Uh, so that's why when I said – when I commented under your pick about the Kelvin Johnson thing, I said, yeah, multiple young players, multiple first-round picks. And you got a stupid-ass random Abby who comes under my – Comes under my comment and literally <laughs> and literally says, "Well, I'm not, I'm not trading Quentin Grimes for Keldon Johnson. Come on, bro. Come on, Crack. man. Come Crack. on, man. What, what, what are we that on? That's really cocaine on his finest, bro. Come on, man. It, it's... Yo, but Nick fans don't watch other teams, bro. See, that's what you get, man. They, they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like Keldon Johnson would be so good here, too. It's not only not looking at other teams, not looking at other teams' dynamics. So I'll give you an example. San Antonio Spurs. Can you imagine Kawhi on the Knicks crying about his legs, about his what his injury? They would cater to him and bend over backwards, and Leon Rose would probably bend over for him. But... Pop said, all right, we're going to trade you to Toronto, even though Kawhi is who Kawhi is. That's the difference organizational. It's make, it's two different dynamics. Yeah. And, Pop, and Pop made the right move because you look, you fast forward, what, not even four years, not even four years later, bro. They got Wimby, they got Kelvin Johnson, they oh, got uh, Vassell, they got, they got, did you, nobody talks about Jeremy Sokans. Jeremy Sokans was one of the most dynamic players out of the rookie class. Yep. So now you got four or five wings. You see, you see how they build a team. They got four jumbo wings along the biggest big man in the NBA coming out next year to run at you for the next ten years. That's team building, yo, right? I, and yo, Kawhi I, had a nasty attitude. He saw that from a mile away. Pops had seen it five years ago with him and his uncle, and kicked him out. Said, "Yo, we'll take DeRozan and Poto for you on a pick. Good riddance." <laughs> oh God. Ah. <sighs> Fuck, man. These dudes want to build around Randall, man. Damn. But um, shout-outs to y'all, man. Shout-outs to everybody that joined me today. Uh, it's time for me to go. I got to get out of here. I got to go do some things and handle some business. Um, shout-outs to you, Jeremy, John, my guy Jay, Jake, Dip, Jack, Rob, Furious. Yo, Bobble 4, what's up? Yo, Breeze, I see you, Breeze. You sneaking. I see you in this. I see you in the space, you sneaking and geeking <laughs> on the upside breeze. Like you got the our homeboys. I don't like. I fuck with you, no breeze. Now I fuck with my guy breeze. It, breeze people don't fuck with me, and it's cool. It's alright. But when I get to YouTube, I promise you, breeze people's gonna try to fuck with me again. Nah, yo, spaceship popping, yo. Let me go over. Yeah, I hear you. Shouts to breeze though, man. Breeze, I understand why you staying away from spaces, man. It's it, it's it's mute points being thrown out every day, Breeze. People want a, a clutch agency client. You got other people putting putting RJ in every trade imaginable. It's so egregious. Some dude on the Knicks Twitter timeline said trade RJ Barrett for Denny Averagia and the eighth overall pick in this year's draft. It is just getting worse. Shout out to Todd, Kai, 
um, Norm May, Jeremiah, um, Jig, you bastard. I hate people like Jig because people like Jig say stupid shit like, let's go get Zach Levine, and he does not care about defense at all. He wants Zach Levine guarding Paul George. He wants Zach Levine guarding Brandon Ingram. <laughs> he wants Josh Hart. <laughs> yeah, laugh. Yeah, laugh. You, Because you know. Because you know. It's okay. It's okay if you want to see Zach Levine get destroyed every night. It's okay. I understand. You want to see fancy dribbles and fancy dunks. It's okay. Melo, I see you, sight. In pass, I see you. And, yo, you was here the whole time, man. I appreciate you, OG, for being here the whole time, man. Um, T-Bug, Mr. Biggs, Hassel, Yandy, Q, everybody, man. I appreciate everybody who tuned in today. Um, Another solid pod. I have some audios out tonight. And peace and blessings, man. Y'all be safe.